0: Chapter 8 of the Mystery of the Chinese Ring by Andy Adams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 Still Missing The friendship between Biff and Chuba developed rapidly. Chuba was an odd boy with his mixed-up jive talk, his quick oriental mind, and his desperate anxiety to be like American Kid. He was half a head shorter than Biff. He had long, black, wiry hair, usually plastered down with smelly hair tonics. These he got from muscles. The burly mechanic tried every new hair conditioner that came along in an attempt to control his unruly light brown hair. Chuba's skin was dark, so deeply tanned that its yellowish tinge from his Chinese blood hardly showed. He looked more Burmese than Chinese. His daily clothes were a pair of hand-me-down brown shorts and handmade sandals, ideal for the heavy, humid weather which turned the jungle-enclosed camp into a smoking oven. The shorts Chuba got from the Americans in the camp Chuba did his own alterations on the shorts to cut them down to size. He was far from an expert tailor. One pair had the left leg six inches longer than the right. Another pair, handed down from a man with a 44-inch waist, gave Chuba a laughable balloon effect in the rear, particularly when he ran. Biff's second day at the camp in Anheyo began with a visit to the communications room. Mike Dawson, the radio operator, merely shook his head at the question written on Biff's face. No word from Uncle Charlie. Biff hurried through breakfast. He left Headquarters' house, stepping into a blazing sun already sending heat waves up from the brown dirt surface of the camp. Chuba was waiting just outside the entrance to Headquarters. I hurry up this morning. Help my father. Now I can show you the rest of camp. Chuba's father was in charge of the servants in the camp my father number one boss here chuba told biff proudly the boys roamed around for more than an hour chuba chattered on as fast as any of the monkeys scampering about the trees which fringed the camp are there elephants around here biff asked yesterday morning i thought i saw one out of my bedroom window sure sure much elephants wild ones chuba grinned but one you saw must be susie She dig it here big. That means likes it here, Chuba explained. Biff smiled to himself. When they clear jungle to make the camp, many elephants used to push over trees and pull them away. When job is done, Susie and Tiny, that's the other elephant, they won't leave. So who can make an elephant go when he no want to? They stay on. Where did you pick up all this jive talk, Chuba? Biff asked. "'Jive talk, you mean talk like American boys. "'They don't all talk that way. "'Jive talk is American slang. "'Some boys use it more than others. "'I learn it from Muscles. "'He has many magazines come to him "'by the mail from United States. "'Many books of the comics, too. "'You like to meet up with Muscles? "'He come back from Rangoon early this morning.' "'I sure would,' Biff said. "'There was no mistaking Muscles.' Biff spotted him as soon as they entered the hangar. The plain maintenance mechanic, wearing only short shoes and a long white mechanic's coat, towered over the small natives whom he was directing. Big was the word for muscles. Biff could only compare him with some of the giant linesmen he had seen play for the Chicago Bears professional football team. He and his father went to the games in Chicago every now and then. As the boys approached the plane Muscles was working on, they saw the powerful man heave an oil drum off the floor as if it were made of tissue paper. The drum could have weighed anywhere from 100 to 300 pounds. He upended the drum and a heavy stream of thick oil flowed smoothly to the intake pipe. Muscles held the drum steadily for a couple of minutes. That ought to do it, he said, and put the drum back on the floor. He looked at the boys. Well, now, if it isn't my young friend and number one boy, Chuba, hey, did you have a visitor yesterday morning? A big grin cracked across Muscles' face. It was clear that Muscles had a great liking for the Chinese boy. Friend, no friend, Chuba replied. He didn't want Muscles to think he had been frightened by what Chuba now called his evil spirit box. I find evil spirits in my room. They make with strange noises, like wild animals howling. Yeah, Muscles was all interest. So what gave? Did the evil spirits send you? I send them. I take evil spirit's hand, shake it good, and evil spirit's howl became a purr of pussycat didn't scare you gosh and that thing cost me 20 bucks to have it sent out from the states muscles was disappointed biff grinned Chuba had carried the thing off well he wasn't going to give muscles the satisfaction of knowing how really frightened he had been and you must be biff brewster muscles turned away from Chuba. charlie Keene's nephew you're right the first time muscles i sure heard a lot about you particularly from Chuba. I'm going to make an American kid out of that rascal, no matter what. Say, I'm awfully sorry about your uncle. He paused as he saw a worried look come over Biff's face. Then he hurried on rapidly. But don't worry, Charlie King can take care of himself. He always has. I was with him in Korea, and I know. He'll get back. If he doesn't, we'll go in and get him. Going into red China to hunt for his uncle had been a thought growing more and more prominent in Biff's mind. If no word came from Uncle Charlie soon, biff knew that he couldn't just sit around and wait any longer. He'd have to do something. After a few more minutes of talk with muscles, biff and chuba left the hangar. Biff was silent as they walked across the hot field to the shade of a small coconut palm grove. Chuba kept rattling on, but his words just bounced off biff's ears. Biff seated himself against the leaning trunk of a palm. Sit down a minute, chuba. I want to ask you some questions. Shoots, Chuba will make with the answers. Biff frowned. Tell me, just how tough would it be to slip across the border into China? For Chuba, easy, very easy. I do it many times. How about me? Think I could get across? Not by yourself, but with Chuba for number one guide. The native boy shrugged his shoulders. I know all trails. I know just where red border patrol guards strong and where they guard weak, afraid to guard some places. Why is that? Wild animals, black bears, fierce, big, kill a man with one big swipe with paw. Also tigers and leopards, snakes too, all kinds. They hang from trees. Big pythons slide off tree, wrap around man's neck, and gurgle, gurgle. Chuba made a rattling noise in his throat. No more man. Biff swallowed hard. And you go over the border in a place where all the wild animals are. Sure, Chuba boasted. Chuba smell and see animals before they see Chuba. It's safer to go into China that way. That way safer. What do you mean? Red patrols stay close to main road. Sometimes they let kids like me through. But if they angry or their big boss chew em out, then they don't care whether you kid or not. They shoot you or catch you and make you work like slave. Once you enslave labor camp, you never come back. Biff was silent. You think maybe you like to go in, find your Uncle Charlie. Put snatch on him from red baddies. Something like that, Chuba. Think we could do it? Chuba didn't answer too quickly. His thin face was screwed up in thought. Be most rough, but we smart. Most patrol dumb. Maybe all go well. Maybe not. Biff didn't want to hear any more. His mind was made up. If they had a 50-50 chance of finding Uncle Charlie, then that was all he wanted. Meet me back here in an hour, Chuba. I want to talk to Sahib Jack. Biff found Jack Hudson in the communications center, poring over a large map of China. Biff moved to his side trying to figure out where charlie might be jack said he pointed to a position on the map Now, if you drew a line from Chungking to chenktu i'd say he was somewhere west of that line biff leaned closer why do you think he's in that area he asked well i do remember charlie mentioning a small place called jaraminka about two maybe three weeks ago he just received a letter from his friend ling tang back in the States. Right after that he went into Rangoon for a few days. I do know that there's a village by that name somewhere in that area. Rough country? Biff asked. In spots. It's north of the Yunnan Plateau, in the foothills of the Mount Minka konka And some of those foothills would be called mountains back where you come from, Jack smiled. Anything else to go on? Biff wanted to know. "'Well, we don't know how much gas Charlie was carrying. "'Enough for about 1,200 miles. "'He'd have to allow for a safety margin. "'As I told you, I figure he planned on about 500 miles in. "'And 500 back, of course. "'That would give him a 200 miles safety factor. "'Jack leaned back against the map table, "'scratched his head and lit a cigarette. "'Another thing, that radio signal we got. "'You mean the one yesterday? "'Yes now if that was your uncle calling you're still not sure it was uncle charlie well i guess i am let's say it was that's another reason i figure he's over towards the mountain range i'm not reading you too clearly right now Biff said jack laughed i'll try to explain charlie had a portable radio transmitter with him a good one battery operated its maximum range would be about 500 miles under ideal conditions that means he'd have to have straight line transmission you mean nothing in the way like a high mountain that's right biff transmission is greatly reduced if your wave has to bend over hills or mountains so you figure he's got to be high enough to shoot a straight wave directly to jack nodded his head and the elevation around jereminka really fills that bill five thousand to six thousand feet How could he ever land in such rugged terrain? Biff asked. Plenty of small plateaus, some of them have been cleared for farming. Biff picked up a drawing compass. He adjusted its opening to fit the 500-mile mark on the scale of miles at the bottom of the map. Then he placed the steel point of the dot marking Unheo. He swirled the compass. The pencil end cut right through the area Jack was describing. Nice figuring, Jack, A faraway look floated across Biff's face. Hey, you're not getting any ideas, are you? Jack demanded. An American boy could never make it across the border. Natives, sure, but you, never. Maybe not, thought Biff, but in his thoughts he was already there. End of chapter 8